Welcome in to Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Excellent throw and catch, just gets inside, uses his big body. No answer for number 87. And former NFL linebacker Joe Mays. Mays missed him first. And in typical North Dakota State toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind. Players Only, presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Can never take that away from you, because you did it. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. We got our people. Let's light the fuse and kick some ass. Tell you what, there's a lot of guys that stepped up today. I mean, a lot of guys that stepped up big time. It's in the books. Kansas City Chiefs, 11-2. AFC Western... I want to give the first one to the head coach of the team they picked to come in sixth place in a five-team division. You are short on your route. That is a 16-yard route. You don't stop at the five-yard line. Or I'll put somebody else in the game to score the touchdown. If this was a one-score game, your ass would be out there, but I'm not putting you at risk in this situation. You hear me? I was still his guy, um, and I felt that all the way through, so I love him for that. Let's go, Greasy! And that carried over to 2004 when we had one of our better seasons. Keep grinding! Keep grinding! You're fighting your ass off! Keep grinding on them! We'll wear them down. Let's go. Let's wear them out. We are going to have to go one more series. We got to go one more series. It's going to be a four down series. And we got to get in down and get out. So let's. All right, all right. We are back. Players only back in the building for the last and final session of the year. I am Danon Hughes, and I am alone in this studio, and although it's been a rough week as I open the show with Marty Schottenheimer, and we'll hear him throughout the show, uh, this week is kind of a week of losses in several ways, and I know we'll talk about the Chiefs and the Super Bowl, uh, the debacle down there in Tampa, but I found it fitting uh, with this being the last show, with this being uh, my show, that a man that meant so much to me, so much to my family, uh, so much to Kansas City that it only felt right to open the show with Marty Scheinheimer. Each and every week we are here during the season. Uh, we are brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. But as I mentioned, this was a week of losses on several levels. And uh, Marty Scheinheimer, as you heard, a lot of those quotes uh, passed away earlier this week, and this is my first opportunity to get on the radio and talk about that. I am going to be joined by a couple of my former teammates as we make it through this hour, uh, but I definitely wanted to pay homage to Marty. I would not be here, would not have had the career I had, would likely not have had the life that I've lived without the influence of Marty Schottenheimer, his family, his commitment to me, his caring about me as a person, who happened to just wear a jersey. Uh, Marty was a head coach for 21 years between Cleveland, Kansas City, San Diego, and the Washington football team. 
uh, an incredible wife, Pat, we used to call Big Pat, and two children, Kristen and Brian. Brian is an outstanding offensive mind in the NFL, as many may recognize. I had a chance to visit with Brian a couple years back at a golf tournament, have dinner and drinks with him in the golf uh, earlier that day and just sit down and chat about the old times when he was a teenager throwing passes to us in off-season workouts and and uh, just being on the field and being around him was such a treat. But Marty Schottenheimer, an outstanding career to me. Uh, it's unfortunate that we measure coaches by Hall of Fame uh, in regards to Hall of Fame by Super Bowls because to me, he's eighth all-time in wins, seventh all-time in regular season wins. He was uh, inducted into the Chiefs Ring of Honor back in 2010. I want to say that might have been the second to last time I had seen him in person. And uh, just a note, as we may have seen or heard, of the eight, being eighth all-time in wins, the seven other coaches, I believe, are either in the Hall of Fame or are destined to be in the Hall of Fame uh, so Marty definitely is up there at the top and will truly, truly be missed. 1989 to 1998 here in Kansas City. And I know we'll talk more about that with our guests in the second quarter, but I definitely wanted to open the show in that fashion as well as let everyone know the phone lines, comfort system, heating and cooling hotline, 913-576-7610, and Jay's Southland Tow Service, Text line is open, 913-576-7610. We want some activity here. As we mentioned, this was an amazing, amazing season for the Chiefs. And uh, I'd love to hear we had a lot of activity on the text line and phone lines over the last few weeks of Players Only with Barbershop and Joe Mays. They are not here today, could not make it, so it is myself alone uh, handling the reins, and uh, we wish the best to their families and all they have going on. And I also want to let them know, I know they're listening, that I appreciate their involvement and commitment to players only each and every week during this season. We've had an amazing, amazing season in the booth, on the field, as fans, etc. and I definitely don't want to ever, ever take it for granted. So hit me up on the text line or, or call in, and we'd love to chat with you. Uh, we also had another loss in Therese Paler, uh, a friend of 610 Sports, as well as Spectrum Sports. He and I rotated week in and week out on Spectrum Sports each Wednesday night for Red Zone. Uh, a great, great dude as well. We want our prayers uh, and condolences to go to his family, Ebony Reed, his fiance, uh, all that loved him in the Chiefs media back in Detroit. He's known as, uh, you know, being that Yahoo writer as well as having the all-juice team. So our prayers and condolences go to him and so many cuts that we can, we can mention about him as well. Uh, so the football seems minor when you're talking about lives that are lost and lives that are impacted. And I, by no means do I want this to be just a, a totally somber show, but I, I felt like it was fitting that we definitely addressed uh, those two huge losses to this Chiefs kingdom. So with the phone lines open, I have Dan and KC. Dan, what's going on? 
Hi, Dan. How you doing? First, uh, my best thoughts to uh, Marty Schonheimer and uh, Therese Paler. Now I want to tell you a story. I'm, I didn't. I met uh, Marty Schonheimer back in 1994. I was training on uh, in the uh, Washburn University in Topeka. I, I went to. I had to bus tables, but I went next door and where he was, and he's talking to the kids about staying, you know, safe. You know, don't don't do drugs and everything like that. So uh, that's a very good talk. And I want to tell you something. Uh, when it was Raider Week, Marty took that very seriously. I heard that uh, he didn't. He really disliked how Al Davis was uh, always, you know, not doing things right. You know, before Marty coached the Chiefs, the Raiders handled us pretty good in the mid '80s. You know, so um, it was a it was a really somber day. You know, so and uh, and the Super Bowl. You know, uh, the Chiefs did pretty good on the first two uh, two defensive series, but then after that, it's like they couldn't stop uh, Leonard Fournette and uh, Ronald Jones and Gronkowski. But I thought the turning point in the game was when Matthew stopped him at the fourth and goal. You know, at the one yard line. Then I thought that would turn around, but you know. It just uh, wasn't, but it was a great year for the Chiefs anyway, and I'm sorry for the loss, Dan. So do you have any, I know you have a lot of stories to tell, so take care of yourself, Dan, and you go Chiefs next year. Appreciate you, Dan. Always love your energy, love your input each and every week. Thanks so much for making this season a great experience. And you're right, Dan, that the Super Bowl was was dismal, but there were some, some good points, and uh, to be honest, and we'll talk more about it, I'd love to get Keith Cash and Kevin Lockett will be our guests in the second quarter and third quarter. Going to get their insight as well. But uh, you've seen activity on Twitter and social media regarding Barbershop and some of his comments and, and a lot of former Chiefs and what we see within the game. As you've heard, if you've listened to Players Only over the last three seasons, we have a different perspective. Doesn't mean our, our perspective is better. Uh, we just see the game differently than a lot of guests or a lot of uh, fans. And uh, we, we try to bring that perspective to you each and every time we're in front of a microphone, whether it's on TV or barbershop doing Chiefs Rewind or the pregame shows on uh, Chiefs.com or, or myself as well with uh, the Wolf. So in those situations, kind of going, tagging along with Dan, yeah, there were some good plays, some big plays in the game, but we just did not play well in all three phases of the game uh, compared to the uh, the team we played, the Bucks. They did an outstanding job in preparing a game plan that defeated us, and we didn't make the necessary adjustments. But having said that, this 14-2 and season, let's not, um, let's not move past the fact that the Chiefs had the best regular season in Chiefs history at 14 and 2. And I was a person that was a part of 12 and 4, 13 and 3, and another 13 and 3 season. We have seen that around the kingdom on several occasions, but 14 and 2, and I really I consider it 14 and 1 because that last game against the Chargers were the second stringers going against the another team's first stringers. And uh, so even though we got a loss in the column, to me, we put our best against their best, we're going to win that game. But 14-2, uh, and two, nevertheless, still the best regular season in Chiefs history and uh, put themselves in a prime position to run it back by getting the number one seed, winning at home, hosting an AFC championship for the, first, uh, for the third time in three years, being the first coach to ever host three straight AFC championships while he was one of the uh, – the, was the first coach to – host an NFC championship three times straight when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. So amazing, amazing uh, feats 
that we've had with Andy Reid, and by no means is it over. Uh, just reflecting on the season, it was an outstanding season that just did not end as well as we would have liked it to. But I see on the text line we got some activity. I'm going to look at We got a long one from the 913. I love your show. What was, what was real fallout with Marty with the Chargers? They did go 14-2, and two, and I remember watching the game. You know, they were able to hold New England to uh, force a, a punt late. Chargers returned and muffed it, so the Patriots got the ball winning that game, and they were 14-2. Just curious if you knew anything. At that point, um, you know, things had kind of fizzled between Marty and Carl. Uh, I think there was a little bit of a power struggle In 1998, my last season in the league, Marty's last season here with the Chiefs, seemed to kind of culminate with the butting of heads and the separation of ways. Uh, I think if you look back at years, maybe not with Herm or with Dick Vermeil, but I think sometimes we don't don't realize how good we have it when we have greatness there. And I'm sure there, there are a lot of people in the kingdom that would have wished that Marty would have been able to hang around for more years. Nevertheless, he went out and did some great things with the San Diego Chargers, 14-2, and two, as that texter mentioned, and then also with the Washington football team that was known as a different name back then, where he started off, I believe, 0-5 and, and rallied that team to an 8-8 eight and eight record, uh, nearly making the playoffs, and then wind up butting heads with Daniel Snyder and departing that organization. So Marty was an outstanding man, an outstanding leader, an outstanding leader of men, motivator. Uh, I always tell the the story that I never played special teams coming into the league, uh, but there was something about Marty knowing what he could get out of me, even when I didn't know what I could get out of myself. I never returned a punt in my life. And I was thrust into punt return duties on Monday night football against the Buffalo Bills in the middle of the season after coming off special after coming off practice squad for the first 10 weeks. So, yeah, there were things that I'm sure Marty had confidence in me that I barely knew whether I could do it or not. But he had a way of instilling that confidence into a bunch of young men to go out and be on one accord and go out and do work. And uh, being that that player that didn't play special teams, didn't know about covering kicks and punts and punt coverages and and responsibilities and all that, I wind up being four-time captain. uh, Captain my second year through my sixth year. And uh, it was all because of the confidence that was displayed in me and instilled in me with Marty Schottenheimer. So he is definitely near and dear to my heart as well. And uh, he would definitely be missed. So many, so many great memories from Marty Schoenheimer's time here in Kansas City. And I also did have an opportunity to spend some time with LaDainian Tomlinson uh, in the draft when it was in Chicago a few years back. And he just raved about his experience in five seasons, I believe, with Marty in San Diego, just having that effect. And as a guy that has coached kids here locally in Kansas City, you just want to have an impact on lives. And if you can impact lives and it just happened to be around a ball or a glove, uh, so be it. But whatever way you can touch lives and impact lives and instill work ethics and uh, just different uh, you know, priorities, et cetera, that's the impact. And if that person can go on and play 
the next level uh, high school, college pros or what have you, or go on to be a Pro Bowl or a Hall of Famer, that's all icing on the cake. So outstanding uh, opportunities and, and just missed, missed uh, times with, with great people. And uh, we'll talk with Keith Cash and Kevin Lockett as we move along through the show. I see Jamaican Ken is on the line. We'll also talk more about the Chiefs Super Bowl, how everything unfolded. I do believe uh, that the refs impacted the game. I know there's a lot of people that believe that's an excuse, but when we come back, I'll go deeper into it. You step across the white stripe, the only thing that matters is that six inches between your backbone and your breastbone. Raise your eyes up, right above is the next rung. Reach out, grab that rung, pull yourself, push your buddy. The next rung is today. Let's go. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. This is a game of the heart. A game of being a man. Let's go. Do not underestimate the power of the human will. Light the ignition. Let's get this rocket ship going up now. Those two little letters, W-E-W-E, those two little letters, U-S, us, they're powerful. They're powerful. Great job. That's it. Climb a mountain, you take one step at a time. Don't go looking at the top, you end up slipping on your ass. One step at a time, man. The only step that's important is the next one. One play at a time, finish everything we got. All right, we are back. Players only back in the building. Second quarter of the show, our final show of the season. It's been an outstanding year. Players only came to you each and every week during the season. Joe Mays, Sean Barber, and myself, Dane and Hughes, have been in the studio each Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. This is the third year we were on the air, and a lot of greatness has happened on the field. A lot of special moments here in the studio with those brothers as well. Uh, but I, they are not here with me today. Go figure, two defensive guys, two linebackers, ditch me on the last show. So what I had to do was go to the better side of the football, to the bullpen, and get some guests to join me. I know you guys love hearing my voice, but you don't want to hear me all hour long. So I went to the bullpen to one of my very close friends and former teammates. We got Keith Cash on the line. Keith is uh, with us. He now is nowadays uh, after his career, he's with Central Bank of the Midwest, Vice President of Financial Advisor, Central Investment Advisors. Keith Cash, what's going on, brother? What's happening? What's happening? I'm sitting here uh, listening to Marty's that little clip you did of Marty, and I'm just uh, have a smile on my face because I remember hearing some of that stuff over and over and over, and it's ingrained and. You know, I'm, I'm also watching right now the Kansas-Iowa State game, and Kansas needs one of those talks right now. <laughs> they're, playing, they're playing Iowa State. They should be up by, by 20, but uh, they, need, they need a little uh, what's in between the, the backbone and the, and the chest bone. I hear you, man. I hear you. And that's coming for all you listeners out there, for players only, that's coming from a Texas guy. So you know that it's there's some deep-seated hate in KU and the Jayhawks with – a Texas Longhorn on the line. We appreciate you taking time. Keith, just for everyone out there, before you get on Google, Keith, 
was drafted by the Steelers in 91, a seventh-rounder tight end. He and his brother, twins, doing damage down as Texas Longhorns and was with the Chiefs from 92 to 96. Five, what, five of those years, four of those years was a teammate of mine. And Keith, first, before we uh, get back to Marty and, and his impact on your life, I want to dig into the Super Bowl, and maybe just a little bit about the season that this Chiefs experience and then the Super Bowl experience as well from your perspective. Well, I think they had, I don't, when it's Super Bowl or bust, it, it's pretty easy to be disappointed in how the season ended. But if you look at what they accomplished, I mean, the real off to win 14 games, 14 out of 15, because I'm not even going to count that last one. Me neither. To win 14 out of 15 games, that's, that's an amazing accomplishment. Um, they had some injuries at some inopportune times, and I think that was ultimately the difference in how the season ended. I thought that they um, matched up well against them. It didn't look like it just because we had both of our tackles out, but at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a team game, and, and as disappointing as it was, it was a successful season. I, I keep hearing everyone talking about, um, you know, you didn't win the Super Bowl, so it's a disappointing season. To have those types of expectations on this team, I think, is a positive thing. It, it, it's That's what we expect. We expect greatness after what they've done the last three years, and I expect them to bounce back next year. Keith, are you on the, on the side of the fence where because the Super Bowl was so bad in regards to, you know, how the, the, the Chiefs weren't able to execute a game plan and how the game was kind of handled by the Buccaneers, uh, do you feel like, like, are you of that school of thought that feels like, okay, it was a blowout, that was almost more uh, palatable, more able to be digest? Uh, ver- uh, digested versus having a close game that you know went south and you wind up losing by three points or a last-minute touchdown or what have you. Which way do you kind of feel about the Super Bowl? You know, I, I'm of the opinion that you want to play well in the Super Bowl. I, I can argue that that was their worst game in three years. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it. So the fact that for, for the guys that are playing in the game to um, – for it to manifest itself in a in what they put on the field, I think that that is a hard pill to swallow. Usually, because it wasn't, you know, when you look at it on paper, sure, we had some people hurt. Um, defensively, I thought that they would show a little better than they did. Offensively, I still expected them to score some points. I mean, I, in my heart of hearts, I, I, I thought they would have won that game regardless of, of the tackles that were out there. I thought they would have done some things to neutralize it. But at the end of the day, as a competitor, you hate to lose games like that. And you hate to go out there and play arguably your worst game in, in two or three years. So for me, I would have rather played a close game and maybe it's hard. Either, either way it's hard to swallow. But at least when you're playing a good game and you lose, you can – you left it on the field. I'm sure there's some people that thought that after that game that they could have played better and maybe they didn't leave everything on the field. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you. From my perspective, I think there's part of me, I won't say it's overwhelming higher percentage, but there's part of me that kind of says, like, this Chiefs team did not play well in all three phases of the game. And that 
now I'm not in, you know, I know we were in the uniform and we played in, in that AFC championship in 94 and had some devastating losses in years after that. So it's definitely different if you're wearing a uniform, but from an outsider's perspective, it's almost like I could feel like I can exhale because they didn't play well in any of the three phases and it, and it, and the score showed that. So it's like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, man, we would have to go through a whole offseason saying the offense did work, scored 40 points, and we got beat 45 to 40. And you'd go through the whole offseason thinking about, you know, just like we did two years ago with the AFC Championship, the defense, if they just get one stop or if the defense held and the offense just kind of wet the bed, then you'd be talking about how bad it was for the offense. The fact that no one played well almost feels like, you know what, it just wasn't our day, period. It wasn't, it wasn't the offensive days. It wasn't defensive days. It wasn't the special teams day. Sure, sure. I think you can look at it that way as well. Yeah. Because, they, I mean, I keep saying on paper, on paper, and the game's not played on paper. I get that. But if you look at what the team has going for them, I mean, the, the, the core of the team is coming back. Yeah. Right? And now Kansas City is a destination. There's people that want to play with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe there's some guys that have to take a discount to play with Patrick Mahomes now. They're not that far off. Oh no! I mean, what a couple couple. It's it, all it takes is getting healthy. It takes some luck, as you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the ball does not bounce your way, and and that was evident the other day with the um, officiating and and some of the other things that just went wrong that game. You know, you have a, a quarterback playing his his heart out hits a couple receivers in the face with the ball. That's not typical stuff that happens in, in professional football. So I think at the end of the day, as hard as it's going to be to put it behind you, because this is the Super Bowl, that's what's so frustrating. It's the last game of the season. They had their two weeks, and Andy is amazing with two weeks rest, and you know they couldn't put it together. So I, I, I feel... As hard as it is for me to to say it, um, Brady was a, a, a better – he played better that game Yep. under those circumstances. But you give me a pick between who I want leading my team, I'm still picking number 15. Absolutely. And I think that he will, he will bounce back next year. I think he's one of those guys, he's pretty petty. Mm-hmm. So he hears some of these conversations that are being had. Um uh, Watson is be- he's a better quarterback and all this other stuff I'm starting to hear it's funny how the narrative changes after one game and I think he's taken note of that stuff and I think he'll come back better stronger who else wants to watch film the next day I know yeah. I didn't after I got after I lost true yeah definitely definitely and and you know we've already seen this Chiefs team with a chip on their shoulder and having a chip on your shoulder wanting to run it back versus having a chip on your shoulder after losing in overtime in the AFC championship is two different things. It's two different types of chips. And now Absolutely. having that, that bad taste in their mouth, uh, losing on that stage, I'm sure is going to propel a lot of guys for this upcoming 2021 season. We'll see how much shakeup there is free agency draft uh, and so on. And hopefully everybody can stay healthy. Cause I think we'll be, We'll be looking in a good position to represent the AFC again next year in the Super Bowl, which will be in L.A. One last question for you, Keith, before I let you go. I know you got your wonderful wife, Tina, and three kids there. 
hopefully you're not helping them with the virtual learning. Hopefully you just you you letting Tina do all that, right? Yeah, I go to work when my kids are at home. That's my that's, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> last, last quick point, man. Going back to Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, any any lasting stories of your one-on-one interaction or just memories that come to mind about uh, the relationship with Marty as a coach or as a man, man-to-man or, or what have you? I remember there's so many things I remember about, about Marty. And, you know, like I said, just listening to that clip, there's a lot of things that come to mind. There's a lot of uh, conversations that I have with my own kids when we're talking about games and how to do things the right way that I heard in that clip. So there's a lot of things that you took that I didn't know I took from him. Mm-hmm. But obviously I was, I was, I was listening and it had, and he had an impact on my life and it, you know, it's such a, such a horrible disease. And to, to think about uh, a relatively young man whose uh, kids don't have a father anymore and, and grandkids don't have their, their grandpa anymore. It's it's just devastating. Uh, but just to know him and the, the impact that he had on, I mean, most of his players to a man will say that they learned something from him. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, uh, it's a testament to him. And even though, you know, there are times I, I, we butted heads. Um, I'm sure he butted heads with every, with everyone just yep. because he's one of those guys that he has to get you to play. That's what coaches do. Yeah. You're going to, you, they're not going to love you all the time. But he was one of those guys that regardless of uh, how I felt about him or how mad I was at him, he'd still grab you by the neck, give you a hug, kiss you on the cheek sometime, and, and tell you that he loved you and uh, just what he expected from you from you going forward. So he, he's one of those tough love guys. You know, like my parents used to spank me, then give me a hug and tell me why they did it. Yep. That, was, that, was, that was Marty. He was definitely – a positive influence in my life, and I see myself leading my kids kind of the same way. Amen, brother. That's how it is. The best coaches or the best brainwashers have the best influence on us as lives and on our lives and not just on our sports. I appreciate the time, Keith. Give out, give my fa- uh, your family my love, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right, brother. All Good right. talking to you. Well, when we come back after halftime, we got Jamaican Ken on the line. We got some text line action, and we're going to come back also with a K-State, Levin, uh, a K-State legend in Kevin Lockett. We'll be back quick. Hello. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And it's time for Teresa's tape. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Welcome to the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. I am Yahoo senior NFL writer Therese Paler. I look back at my hair. Somebody who was there was like, yeah, starting to get a little bald up top. And I'm just like... You can't have, like, the fro taper if you can see the bald stuff in the top. I want to know your opinion on all the stuff that's come out of there over the last year. I'm just going to do it with you, baby. Come on. Come on. Come on, now. Travis Kelsey, get tight end. I ain't trying to get up there with no Kelsey. I ain't trying to deal with no Travis Kelsey. That ain't close. That's not my job. That's, that's my weight limit. I'm not fighting Tyson. As an African-American, what did it mean to you to see guys that look like you it like that at the next level where you're trying to go. Oh man, that's you. Historically, black people have been in America for 400 years. And for at least 350 of them, there were laws that were coded into the rule of the land that made it clear that equality did not apply to black people. So if you want to know why there's so much outrage, why there's always such a visceral reaction, 
That's why. Maybe like the first thing people see shouldn't necessarily be me. Like, let's make it about football. Like, things things win because it's not about me. Like, it's going to be about the game. And that's what people care about. So, you know, make sure I'm on screen a little bit somewhere in the middle or toward the end of my intro. But like, let's open with the football. All right. Another amazing, amazing man, Kansas City legend, outstanding reporter, will be lost, a partner of mine at Spectrum Sports for Red Zone shows every other week throughout the year. We lost another great one in Therese Paler. You hear his voice, hear a lot of the fun stuff that he was doing. I always love having a chat with him, no matter where it was here in Kansas City or at the Super Bowl or what have you. So... A huge loss in Kansas City. Uh, A lot of great quotes there. So amazing that he had so much great insight on race and football and and just sports in general. So he will definitely be missed as well. So just trying to give homage to two greats that have left us too soon this week and Marty Schottenheimer and Therese Paler, uh, a great friend of 610 Sports here. Well, now, before we get to Jamaican Ken, I appreciate you, Jamaican Ken, holding on as long as you have. We got another guest, a former chief, a K-State legend. He's now with uh, Fulcrum Global Capital. He's a CFO there, a venture capital firm uh, that's focused on early-stage companies with innovative technologies in agriculture, animal health, and ag tech space. My man, Kevin Lockett, what's going on, bro? What's going on, bro? Doing all right, man. Just trying to make it through the show here. You know, this is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not, not sure if you were listening. This is kind of a show of losses. We have to talk about the Chiefs Super Bowl loss and then Marty Schottenheimer and Therese Paler, as you may have heard as well. And you and I go way back. You actually came in in 97 as a second-round pick behind Tony Gonzalez. So you got two solid years with Marty Schottenheimer uh, what's your reflection on on the loss of Marty and just your experience with him? Yeah, you know, um, I only I had those first two years with Marty, uh, but a lot of people don't remember uh, when Marty left um, and he ended up going to Washington. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of the reason why I went to Washington in my uh, when I became a free agent two years later uh, was because Marty took over as uh, head coach in Washington. He took a lot of the same staff, Jimmy Ray and Richard Mann and a bunch of the guys. And so for me, um, you know, Marty was an integral figure uh, just not only in my life but in my professional career. I mean, you know, he drafted me out of Kansas State, uh, so he gave me my first opportunity to sort of achieve my dream in the NFL. Um, he was a fair coach, uh, and I love him for that. And so there's just there's I, every time I think about Marty, you know, you can think about all of the different things he taught you uh, on the field, but I would almost venture out to guess that almost every player that spent any significant amount of time around him would say that he probably taught them two or three things for every one thing on the field, two or three things off the field. And so a lot of what he taught, I think, applies directly to our daily lives. And so he reminds me a lot of of uh, a guy you and you and I both got a chance to experience in college, Bill Snyder. Yep. Um, and so, so Marty will be uh, significantly missed. I was just thankful that um, uh, not this fall, but last fall, I got to spend about 30 minutes to an hour uh, with Marty, uh, with Pat, 
Um, many people know that his son, Brian, who was just getting into coaching when you and I were playing for the Chiefs, uh, he was the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. And so when we would get a chance to go up and visit Tyler, uh, a lot of times Marty uh, and Pat were there visiting Brian. And so got a, got a good chance uh, about 12 months ago to really spend a lot of time and talk with him. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great talking to him, but it was also sad to see just in his eyes that, that he didn't recognize uh, truly who I was. But, uh, but him and Pat are fantastic people uh, and love their family to death. It's amazing because oftentimes after we lose somebody, we have so many great things to say. And I think there are people out there, sometimes cynical, that wonder if we would say the same things while they were alive. And whether it's Keith, who was on earlier, yourself, myself, several other ambassadors or former players of the Chiefs, I'd, I'd put 100% of everything I have on the fact that everybody would still be speaking so highly of Marty and Pat and the Schottenheimer family if he was sitting right next to us. That's, that's the true showing of impact in lives is when you can, we can have conversations. Like you said, you, last conversation I had with him, you know, I don't know the capacity of what he was remembering and if he really knew who I was, et cetera. But, you know, these are the conversations that we would have to, with him in person. And it's, that, that just shows the amazing impact that a man like that, not just a coach, a man like that has on our lives. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I mean, he, if you think about it, if you are a true Chiefs fan, um, he was sort of really the beginning of this whole idea of kind of Chiefs kingdom, and, yeah. and we're all in it together, and we're all one. Um, he brought um, just just this energy, I think, to Kansas City, and, and, and we were consistently a winning program, consistently in the playoffs, um, and he did it uh, the way that a lot of people don't do it today. He, he did it by having a strong defense, uh, disciplined group, control the ball on offense, uh, but but went on the defensive side, and uh, you know he'll be he'll obviously be missed. And the game of football will miss uh, Marty. But I think you're right. Most of the guys that have spent any kind of time around him uh, will say that he'll be missed as a man. I mean, many players, including myself, continued to have a relationship with him even when my playing days were over. And and that's really the true essence of uh, going from coach-player relationship yep. to a genuine. Uh, man-to-man relationship. But Marty was willing to build that with any player, whether it was from Derek Thomas all the way down to the scout team guy, if that's what that guy had an interest in doing. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you got to get to uh, your kids, uh, three great kids at home, and obviously the uh, incredible wide receiver playing with the Seattle Seahawks, Tyler. Uh, but one last, one last point, just to quickly talk about the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl loss and his Chiefs team. I got Keith's perspective. Just want to hear yours. Yeah, you know, um, obviously it was quite frustrating sitting here watching it. I mean, if you watch the whole game, you you walk away and you almost feel like we never got going. I mean, uh, you know, I'm always hopeful when I see how explosive this offense is. And, you know, even when it was fourth quarter and we're down uh, a couple of scores, I'm thinking it's still okay because we can score so quick, but we never just uh, got going. And I think it, uh, it really did shine a light on uh, a position that many times is overlooked, and that's really our two tackles. Um, you know, when, you get, when you're missing one tackle, um, you can sort of 
game plan for that, right? And so you can slide the slide the protection to that side and get some help. You can chip block. But when you're missing both bookends, um, you, you're going to see what you saw uh, on uh, on Sunday night. And that's the fact that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely incredible, but even he is not invincible uh, when he's not getting time to sit in the pocket. And so um, he just couldn't extend the plays uh, like, he, like he typically does. And then even the few times that he did, it was unfortunate uh, ending in terms of he threw a great ball and it either got got dropped or uh, or something unfortunate. So overall, uh, it was a very very disappointing end. But when you really take a step and look back, it's very hard to repeat uh, the fact that they made it back to the Super Bowl and that that Beaches has been able to keep the core pieces uh, of that team uh, in line for another couple of years. I think it just gives us something exciting to think about. I mean, hey, it wasn't too long ago uh, we were begging to get into the playoffs, and now here it is. Everyone's expectation is that we win the Super Bowl every year. So uh, big hats off to Andy Reid and Beach and all those guys over there, that, that Donovan, that have built an incredible uh, organization and, uh, and got some the solid pieces that are critical locked in for the next couple of years. Amen, brother, man. I appreciate your time. Get back to the family time. Get the kids out to their sports, whatever you got to do. Uh, I know you said you'd do some cooking. I don't know if I want to taste any of it, but I'll trust you. Oh, appreciate got, the time, bro. Some, uh, I got some sausage and, and bell pepper pasta on nope. the stove right now. Nope, not for me. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right, when we come back, we still got Jamaican Ken on the line. We got a couple of texts, and I want to talk about – some conflicting things that are going on in the media real quick before we have to end this show. Spec, I need to get two hours here next year on Players Only. We're going to discuss it during the offseason. All right, we're back for the fourth and final quarter of Players Only after an outstanding season. Missing Joe Mays, the partner Joe Mays and Sean Barber. I am Danon Hughes, and we appreciate all the listeners that have been with us all season long in the campaign to run it back came up one game short but still an amazing amazing season real quickly we want to go to jamaican ken jamaican ken you've been waiting patiently what's going on bro hey that are you thanks man for taking the call and i want to thank you for your time with us on the radio throughout the season we appreciate what you do for us my condolence to all the family that's grieving and the loss of their loved one um, I just want to say, I know you mentioned all the three phases of the game that they missed. I also want to put the fourth one in there. I think they were all coached, mm. you know, by, by, by the Buccaneer coaching staff. And you remember I talk, talked to you a couple of weeks ago about penalty? Yeah. Penalty was going to make us lose every game if we don't control those penalty. Penalty caused us some of, part of the downfall that uh, Buccaneer take away the, the momentum from us. You know, and, um, you know, we always talk about you got to fight for your right. Yeah. We didn't fight to party this time. I, I, I know we are grateful for what they have done, but we're, we are champion. We don't just give up the, the trophy like that. We yep. didn't fight for the trophy. We just gave it to them. And, 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 and we expect a lot because we are the kingdom, you know. But That's right. But when we gave them the trophy with no touchdown to only nine points, we didn't expect that from our that's champion. true. We don't expect champ- yep. champion to just lay down the tiger like that. That's right. We got to go, Jamaican Ken. I appreciate it. You are dead on. It was a great season. And I wanted to end the show with this last quote from Marty. I had it teed up, ready to go if we won the Super Bowl. But some outstanding words from a great man. 
guys stood tall. You reached down in the inner part of your gut and you did what had to be done. And I want to tell you something, guys. When you do that, there ain't nobody can ever take that away from you because you did it. And I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Thanks again. Players only out. We appreciate you. Go Chiefs.